0: In today's show, I'm looking at injuries, updates right across the league, including a big one to Joel Embiid in Philadelphia, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on always, on always? On Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore on TikTok at RedRock underscore and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Also, Substack, joshlloyd48.substack.com. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched three million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available one hundred percent online. Learn more and save one or not one. I always say that. Save ten percent off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on Thank you also for making locked on fantasy basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're going to talk injuries, all thirty teams, the updates as I know them at this point. And just for clarity, it is the twenty US time, the twenty first of November at four PM Eastern. I'm recording this. So if injury news comes out after that, well, we'll have to update it in a different show. Warnie. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's start with the Atlanta Hawks. DeAndre Hunter has popped up on the injury report. Questionable with an illness. He's questionable to be on your fantasy team. No, he's not. Because he shouldn't be on your fantasy team in 12-team leagues, points or categories. So see you later to him. If he is out, hopefully, they start AJ Griffin. But what it would mean is more minutes for Griffin and more minutes for Justin Holiday. if Hunter does happen to be solid. And probably a couple extra minutes for Johnny Collins and a, probably a couple extra shots there as well. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich still out. We don't really have a timetable timetable on him returning. I would hope at some point before the end of the month, but that's getting pretty precarious. Precarious? Precarious? Um, so I'm really struggling with my words this morning for some reason. Um, as for Bogdanovich, again, he's going to have to ramp up. He's going to miss back-to-backs. He's going to be low minutes for a bit. You would expect maybe he's full tilt by Christmas, and even then, is he maybe a top 100 player? I don't know. He's okay to grab and put into an IL slot, but is his upside actually going to be significant um, anytime soon? Eh, I'm not sure about that. For Boston, I know a lot of people are getting excited about updates on Rob Williams, the Rock DJ Because they see the reports and it's like, oh, any time a player like Rob Williams, who's great, obviously, top 30 upside fantasy player, maybe top 20 um, for category leagues, they get excited. They see the updates and they go, oh, okay, now now it's happening. He's coming back. We need to go and stash him. Now, obviously, if you have an injured reserve slot, that's what it's for, is for holding Rob Williams. The update, yeah, the updates is an update, but it's not really an update. It's like he's doing some three-on-three. This doesn't mean a ton to me. To me, it is the still on a similar timeline where he's probably going to be back around Christmas and then getting back on the court, you know, full speed ahead at the end of January is my guess. He'll play, maybe he plays at Christmas, maybe he plays first week of January in really limited minutes. And we know he can be impactful in limited minutes. That's true. But he's going to sit back to backs almost all season and he'll be a slow ramp up. They want him for the playoffs. They're playing well without him. They don't need to rush him. So this three-on-three three update to me just means he's still on track to return at the end at the end of December. And especially considering the, the setback that he had here, you know, coming back from the injury, then re-injuring in the playoffs, I don't expect him back any point before Christmas. So if you can afford to take zeros for four weeks, maybe five weeks, and have a limited player for maybe eight weeks, you know, not week, eight weeks after, I mean, eight, four weeks of zeros, four weeks of limited play, which is probably where I think we are with Rob Williams, they will go at it. But I don't think that this update really changes anything about my expectations of Rob, of him coming back early. I still think it's a similar timeline uh, for him to return to the court. The Brooklyn Nets. Well, an update would be great like on Tony Warren, because I just don't know. He broke his foot in January 2021. We we're almost two years removed from that. Um, Even when he comes back, is he going to replace you to Watanabe? I doubt it. Watanabe is playing really well. Warren has no business being rostered in 12-team leagues or probably 14-team leagues, and we just don't have any idea when this bloke is returning to the court. The Charlotte Hornets, a couple of injuries we need to look at there. One of them, the main one, is LaMelo Ball, who's dealing with that ankle issue. They only played two games this week, Wednesday and Friday. I think there's a chance he plays on Friday after Thanksgiving, if not, he should be back for that game on the 28th against Boston. So having a two-game week is actually pretty good. If you've got LaMelo, you only miss the two games if he does miss all of this week, and then he'll be ready to go after that. Obviously, it's been a frustrating season. He's played three games before re-injuring himself, um, but I don't think this is going to be long-term. While well, Cody Martin, we're still weeks away. And Martin, when he does return, probably January, it's going to have an impact on guys like Jalen McDaniels, Dennis Smith, Kelly Oubre, because he's going to be probably a 20-minute-a-night guy. And those 20 minutes have to come come from somewhere. And it'll just be two to three, four, five minutes off some of those other players. For the Chicago Bulls, the only guy on the injury report is LaMelo's brother, Lonzo Ball. And I still think there's a risk that he doesn't play this season. We haven't had anything positive in terms of a return timetable for Lonzo. They just say, oh, he's getting better. But it's not like they're saying he's doing on-court work or he's sprinting or cutting or anything like that. We're still a long way away. I don't think he's going to be here in the 2022 portion of the season. Maybe we get him back February. But if you want to talk about burning an IR slot, yeah, with so many players that are currently injured, if Lonzo's taken up one of those, I think you could feel okay about dropping him. Because again, it, when he does come back, whenever the hell that is, how limited is he going to be? I'm guessing pretty limited when he does actually uh, return to action. Cleveland's got a few injuries at the moment. Nothing majorly long-term apart from the bottom two there. Dean Wade is dealing with knee soreness, but he also has an infection in that knee. So that's going to keep him out a little bit longer. The thought in Cleveland is that Wade will take over the starting spot from Lamar Stevens. So that would give him some value at least in 16, maybe 14 team leagues. Probably doubtful in 12s, but I think he'll get into that spot uh, eventually when he does return from this knee uh, infection. Dracaris Levert. Dracarys. Sprained his ankle last game. He's going to miss on Monday. I think Levert is a pretty clear uh, drop candidate in 12 team leagues. Get that garbage out! When you look at Levert, if you look at his season-long stats, you'll say, well, why would I drop him? But it's not about that. Like, the first three weeks of the season or whatever it was was without Darius Gull, and then you had a little stretch where Mitchell was out. But we've seen the last few games, 28, 20, 25, 14 minutes, and he's so destructive in percentages that he just is not going to touch the ball or get the usage, and now he's hurt. Like, there's no reason for me for him to be a hold. Kevin Love had a fractured thumb and then missed Sunday's game, but he's officially questionable for Monday. So... I don't know how this is happening so quickly that he's not missing any time. It's pretty strange. He is still just a back-end 12-team league player. And the two longer-term guys are Ricky Rubio. Don't expect him back until end of January, I guess, or or maybe mid-January. And Dylan Windler's dealing with that ankle sprain, um, which he had to have some injections on. His career has just been rooted by injuries, really. And I really don't know that it goes anywhere from here. He's going to be out until some point in the new year, would be my expectation. On Dallas... Spencer Dinwiddie suffered what could only be described as a shoulder dislocation. He said it popped out, and he just put it back in and kept playing. Now, sometimes that can cause ligament damage as the shoulder pushes out and strains a lot of those ligaments that are in there, and they'd want to do some tests on that. But at this point, he seems like he's going to be okay to go, but we we don't have that 100% confirmed. While Maxi Kleber has missed three straight with a back contusion after falling pretty hard on his back against the Clippers, he hasn't played since. That really hasn't helped Christian Wood play more minutes. What it has done is given JaVale McGee an extra shot at getting some playing time. But when cleaver comes back, that's going to be an extra impediment to Wood fulfilling the um, bag Twitter's uh, dreams and expectations. Because cleaver I think, or not I think, I absolutely know, is a better defensive player than what the crucifix Christian Wood is. I don't really think that there's uh, any debate about that. But yeah, maybe you do want to debate it. Today's episode is brought to you by Turo. Turo is the world's largest car-sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a large selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the US, UK, Canada, and it is coming soon to Australia. Book a spacious SUV or a minivan for a family road trip. Get a classical luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. Or just find an affordable economy car if you're on a budget and you just need to get from A to B. You can also get out there and test that new electric vehicle that you've had your eye on to see how it fits in your everyday life. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability, insurance, terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. Let's look at the Denver Nuggets, who are without quite a few players. I don't expect that this is going to be a long-term situation. Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic. Big, big Chungus, big Chungus, big Chungus, big, big- he's out with COVID. He has missed three straight games with COVID. Um, last time we saw him was Sunday the 13th. I, I think there's a chance he's back Tuesday. The headmaster, Jamal Murray's only missed the two games, so he's probably less likely to play Tuesday and more likely to return on Wednesday. Aaron Gordon's dealing with a non-COVID illness that, <clears throat> curiously, or I don't know, it's the same sort of time frame as Jokic's illness. He should be back Tuesday or Wednesday. Jeff Green hurt his knee last game. We haven't had an update on that. He played five minutes and never returned. And he was the guy replacing Aaron Gordon. That would give maybe Zeke Naji and then Vlako Chanchar an opportunity for extra minutes. Not that we necessarily want to add those players. With Jokic out, Uh, DeAndre Jordan's the rebound streamer. With Murray out, we're looking at the big, stiffy, Bones Highland, and Bruce Brown as pretty clear 12-team league guys. Uh, Ish Smith dealing with a calf problem. He's not a rotational player anyway, but he's been out multiple weeks with that calf issue. And Colin Gillespie, their two-way guy, has a leg fracture, and he's still probably a few weeks away from returning there. All right, let's talk about Kate Cunningham. My name is Richie Cunningham. He's dealing with this shin, which they said, or oh, maybe it's a stress fracture in the, the leg, which he's debating whether he needs surgery. And if he needs that, that's going to be season over. Right? And then yesterday, Cameron Salerno, who I think listens to this podcast from Sacramento, um, tweeted out a picture of Cade Cunningham in full gear, warm-up gear, getting up shots before the game. Why? Why was he out there? If you have got shin splints or shin stress fractures in your shins, why are you out on the court at all? Something is very strange about that. Like, did they determine that he doesn't need surgery and there are no stress fractures and nobody's telling us? Did Are they completely incompetent medical professionals? I, I have no idea why Cade would have been out on the court in full gear, full kit, while well, he should be resting his leg and debating surgery, getting shots up. I cannot understand that. I don't know when Cade's going to come back. This throws a huge spanner into the works as to what the hell is going on. Obviously, you don't drop Cade Cunningham, especially with this, but we just don't know what's going on. It is, again, logically, I cannot think of a single reason why he would be out there, fully kitted out, even had his bloody like you know long pants on, like those white skin-tie compression pants it with his basketball shoes, his shorts, everything. Getting shots up. Why? What's he doing? I, I I don't understand it. But, so maybe things are okay. I I honestly cannot explain it. You still want Killian Hayes and Alec Burks as replacements, because we just don't know. But don't drop Cade Cunningham. The Flamin' galar Elf Stewart. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of Flaming Gallahs. Still probably two weeks away from his return from that toe issue. Obviously, Marvin Bagley's been starting and Sadiq Bey uh, had been starting in both of their their places. I guess, you know, how do you want to phrase that? I guess it is Bay that was starting in place of Stewart because Bay had been moved to the bench before Stewart's injury. Um, yeah, you know, my thoughts on Marvin Bagley are well chronicled. Sadiq Bey was replacing Stewart and now he is hurt. Iron Man missed the game. Um, yeah, Bay. I, I don't believe he's going to remain a 12-10 league guy this season. Um, But for now, you can hold on to him. Stewart, I don't think is worth holding necessarily, unless you've got IL. He's not that good. And do you you want to burn a a bloke or a roster spot on a guy who's not really even top 115 or top 120 um, upside value? Because I don't think that's where Isaiah Stewart sits. The Warriors. The only player that is actually injured for them at the moment is Andre Iguodala because he doesn't want to play. He's just getting into shape for the end of the year. Well, Andre... I don't think there's going to be. <laughs> That's not true. There might not be a playoffs for you to get healthy for. We'll see. But they are sitting, just in case you're not aware, for Monday's game on a back-to-back. Clay is out, Draymond is out, and Steph is out. This is the second of the last three back-to-backs that Steph is sitting. And this was one of the reasons, even though I know I've been highly criticized, but this is one of the reasons why I was like, I don't want to take Steph at ADP 6. My top six was clear. Giannis, Jokic, not of this order. Giannis, Jokic, Doncic. Harden, Embiid, Durant. They were my top six. I didn't want to take Steph in that top six because I was worried about some resting. Um, You can't predict injuries, but if you know there's going to be games missed as a baseline because of easing things off, I was less interested in him, and that is starting to be the case. Steph, Clay, and Draymond are all out. Looney is questionable for rest, and Wiggins is questionable for rest, but nobody else um, is on the injury report for the Warriors. For the Houston Rockets. Jay Sean Tate remains out with this ankle problem. I, I honestly just... There's no absolutely no justification for having him in 12-team leagues, none. Or even 14-team leagues. He's probably a week to two away from returning. I don't know where he fits in. And I don't know what they do. Because you cannot, for the life of me, if you are a, a genuine coach, think that Tate should be getting minutes over Tari regular season. Like, you shouldn't. Or even KJ Martin. Like, Tate, realistically... Like, who's missing out here? Martin? Eason? Gordon? Smith? Tate shouldn't play and if he does it's gonna really be frustrating so don't bother with Tate but I'm really interested to see what they do and the other one is Bruno Fernando who might be back now they only played two games this week they've got a Friday Saturday back to back maybe he's back next Monday and again I don't know why you would play him over Shengoon or over Ujman Garuba who I thinks played really well but there is a potential for that I do not add Bruno Fernando in 12 team leagues I don't even think I'd do it in 14 team leagues but Um, there is a chance that they play him too much and maybe he does get value. I'm just not investing in that. And I'm not hoping. hoping. Maybe it's just hope that I just don't want it to happen. Indiana. Andrew Nembhard has appeared on the injury report with um, a knee issue for today. He's questionable knee bruise. He had been starting, but the minutes have gone down. 34, 29, 22, 22, 21, 18. Aaron Smith has been playing better and that's impacting Nembhard. And I do think that Nembhard is going to go back to the bench um, probably when Chris Duarte returns or maybe even as early as next game, especially if he misses this one and they start Neesmith. I don't know if Nembhard gets back in there. Nembhard is just like a 14-team streamer. Duarte is probably due back next week, I, I would guess. Seems a little bit ahead of schedule with that ankle problem. I wouldn't be bothered with him in 12 or 14-team leagues. Although the last time we saw Duarte, he played 38 minutes which was intriguing, but he'd done absolutely nothing before that. But he did play those big minutes in a game where uh, Matherin barely played, uh, Miles Turner didn't play that much, Nembhard barely played, and Neesmith was out. So I don't know, we need to read too much into that. Or Daniel Tice is out for probably a couple more months with his um, with his knee injury. Today's episode is also brought to you by LinkedIn. Every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so easy to go and create a job on LinkedIn Jobs. You just go in there, you click a few buttons and bang, you're done. Simple as that. And then you just go and add that job and go into your profile and add the purple hashtag hiring frame to let people know and to spread the word that you are hiring. The simple tools like the screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs. Number one, in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you wanna to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash That's linkedin.com slash To post your job for free, terms and conditions apply. Let's go to the Clippers. Um, I don't know. I was going to talk about something. I don't know if I will. But people overreact so much to injuries. Man, this is absolutely the worst season ever for injuries. I'm not actually sure that's true. In fact, I think it's sort of on par with... I know there's been a lot happened over the weekend, but I don't think it's... All that abnormal. Oh, fantasy is just all about injuries. Like, yeah, like that's just been the case for every fantasy sport ever, I guess. Injuries happen. So what impacts leagues a lot as well. Like just regular sport leagues. Um, or people are just so quick to go to conspiracies. Like I had a guy ranting at me the other day. Apologise if you listen to this, mate. Man, the NBA needs to investigate the Clippers. How can Paul George leave a game at halftime and then 100% confirm that he is playing in the next game? Um, that's clearly tanking or um, that's ruining our fantasy leagues. Like, the guy had knee soreness, He said, no, nah, he's okay. And now look at him. He's on the injury report as questionable with knee soreness. But we're so quick to read into and, and, and claim conspiracy on a bunch of stuff. And I just, I don't know. I just... Yeah, well, I look at my roster I've got seven guys injured yeah I know that that's pretty frustrating and it is frustrating to have injuries but there's nothing you can do about it like that's just what happens with these injuries and I actually don't think it's as bad as what a lot of people are making out maybe I'm just being blinded by stuff I don't think it's that bad though anyway Paul George is on the injury report questionable with that niece on us I don't think it's a serious thing I get it you know but they're up 30 points against the Spurs and he sat down but there's obviously something that's there like otherwise these guys just they'll He'll play. Like, they won't sit after 15 minutes if there's nothing wrong. Luke Kennard remains out with a calf strain. That'll be three straight that he has missed. What that does is it gives a boost to guys like Norman Powell, who had his best game for the season last time out. But, of course, that best game for the season was a blowout. And it was with 15 minutes of Paul George. And it was with Kennard out. Um, probably a little bit of boost for Johnny Wall in that situation as well, who had his best game. Last time out, huge game. Of course, the game before that was his worst game. So you've got to balance that stuff out. We're, we're well aware of that. And his uh, percentages, both free throw and field goals, are pretty rough, Johnny. For the Lakers, LeBron still dealing with that uh, groin injury. LeBron James. Um, yeah, they. The expectation was he would play on Friday, but he missed Friday. He missed Sunday. They play again Tuesday. This is a significant thing. We know he had that groin injury a couple of years ago with the Lakers, ankle injury. This is an ongoing problem. Of course, the bloke is about to turn 38. It's not a surprise that soft tissue injuries are costing him more time than they would at any other point for anyone else in their career because this is unprecedented sort of stuff for LeBron. they're going to be really cautious with him um, and playing through these problems. So he remains questionable with him out uh, we've got guys like Austin Reeves stepping up into bigger roles. Westbrook hurt his thumb last game. If he is out, that does help Dennis Schroeder. It does help Patrick Beverly to get some extra playing time. Again, I am not convinced that Schroeder is anything more than a back-end 12-team league player. And Tom Bryant's probably more of a back-end 14-team league guy. And I don't think there's significant upside with them. Juan Toscano Anderson's dealing with a back problem while Max Christie's been out with COVID um, unless they're completely banged up. But he had played 29, 14, 17, and 21 minutes. Um, before the COVID hit him. Um, unless they're banged up even further, he won't play. But that was, of course, with guys like um, Bryant and Shredder on the sidelines. For the Memphis Grizzlies, Desmond Bain remains out with that toe injury, probably a couple of weeks away from him returning. With him out, it has been and it will continue to be Lil little John Concha, okay. who's a 12-team league guy. And, of course, it'll be Dylan Brooks taking... A million shots. Jaron Jackson missed last game for rest. He will return. They don't have any back-to-backs this week, so Jackson will be ready to go. That'll push Santi Aldama back to the bench. Jamarant's Morant's going to miss, I would expect, this week. And maybe that pushes into next week as well. He's on a week-to-week basis with a grade one ankle sprain. I would guess a two-week absence is probably realistic, which pushes him into December. And that means Tyus Jones is a must-roster guy in the short term, while Zaire Williams is still probably a few weeks away from that knee injury. And unfortunately for him, um, I just don't see the big enough rotational role. Yeah, he'll probably take some of David Roddy Piper's minutes away or some of Jake LaRavia's, but it's not going to be enough to really have any sort of impact. Now, this is a team that is filled with injuries. Obviously, the Miami Heat, lots of stuff going on. Tyler Hero is going to miss Monday's game with that ankle injury again. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. Yes. This will be his eighth straight game that he missed. He hasn't played since the 4th of November. That's a pretty significant injury. I think we're still, obviously still holding him. But there's just so many unanswered questions about this entire rotation. Jimmy Butler's going to miss his third straight game with knee soreness. We knew the risk. This is why Jimmy Butler, who is a per-game top 15 player, was going in the 40s in drafts. Is because we know that his lower body, um, with the way that he plays, his lower body cannot sustain it. This is a, a an ongoing issue for Butler. It just happens all the time. Like, his knees are in real strife, and that is why we, he got dropped down in fantasy drafts. You knew this. And Butler's going to miss again Monday. Maybe he returns Wednesday. Duncan Robinson's out on Monday with an ankle sprain. Victor Oladipo. Like I don't know when he's returning. It looks like he's a fair way away. Omer Yurtseven's seven season might be done. And then you've got Bam Adebayo, who played on Sunday, but is questionable for Monday with a knee issue. Gabe Vincent is dealing with a knee effusion. He has missed two straight games. He does have value with guys like Hero and Butler and Robinson out. He would be streamable if he plays. And then there's The Undertaker, Dwayne Dedman, with left foot plantar fascia issues. So with him out, you get guys like Hayward Highsmith and Orlando Robinson and Jamal Kane and little Chungus Nikolajovic. There are so many guys here that are only really short-term because Bam and Vincent, uh, they're only short-term injuries, I think. But we also thought that about Tyler Hero. So the Heat are actually really banged up at the moment. But there's not... The, the one guy who is an ad, obviously, if is there, and Caleb Martin. They're the guys that I'd focus on, whereas you stream in a, a Jovich or a Robinson or a Highsmith, depending on how some of these other injury updates go the Milwaukee Bucks, they're getting healthier. We still don't really have an update on Chris Middleton. He did some work at practice. Maybe he comes back on the weekend, but it, it's, it is pushing probably a little bit past. I thought mid-November he'd be back, and we're, we're pushing into late November now, so he's probably a little bit behind schedule. With him out, that is helping Mahjong Beauchamp and Javon Carter and even Grayson Allen. But we are going to get the return on Monday of Pat Connaughton, so we'll see what that does to the rotation and how that impacts Beauchamp and Carter there and even Grayson Allen. Giannis has popped up on in the injury report with a calf tightness issue. I don't think that's going to cost him time. But obviously, he has been well below his best. Well below his best. I had someone complain to me that you know, I screwed up his draft because I said Giannis was the number two pick. Yeah, like I was, 100% stand by that. Giannis has had some real struggles with efficiency this season from the field in particular, which is not his normal thing. But... Yeah, nothing in the available data would suggest to me that Giannis was not a uh, a top two pick, and I would still go that direction. But we see how he goes with this injury here. Wes Matthews is out with the hamstring, and Joe Ingalls. we're not getting a, a return until say January or February. Minnesota, that's an easy one. There are no injuries unless since I created this graphic something's cropped up. No, nope, we're all clean in Minnesota. Wow, that's that's great to hear. New Orleans. Two injuries there, Zion Williamson dealing with a foot contusion, and Trey Murphy dealing with a foot contusion. Zion is going to return on Monday. He's listed probable. Trey hurt it last game on Friday. There is a chance that he doesn't play on Monday, but it doesn't appear to be anything too bad, so hopefully he's able to return on Wednesday. Murphy's numbers had gone up with Zion out the last three games, so we'll see what his role looks like in a game that Zion plays because the last game that Zion played, Murphy played just 18 minutes. And that sort of up and down in minutes and rotations is pretty frustrating. But I think Murphy is worth a hold for now. On to the New York Knickerbockers. They do play on Monday as well. Mitchell Robinson, despite it being a back-to-back and coming off a knee injury, he he's not on the injury report, so he looks ready to go. Cam Reddish is officially questionable. Him, his last game with a groin injury, to me, he's only a 12-team streamer for steals. And how they run things with Grimes playing 32 minutes last game with Reddish out. Because for one of those guys to get 30 minutes and the other one gets to not play. Unless, of course, Derek misses, who's dealing with a sore right toe. He'd only be playing minimal minutes anyway. But how they run the Reddish and Grimes minutes will be very, very interesting. I don't think either of them are 12-team league guys. The Oklahoma City Thunder, Alexei Pokashevsky, is dealing with an ankle problem. No indication on severity for for that one for Poku. I would hold him. Let's see what we get in terms of returning on Wednesday or Friday. Yes, they are higher-volume days, but they're high-volume days, meaning that you can actually sustain an injury on those days and put him onto your bench and start somebody else. And then that means that if he does miss one of those, it's not that big a deal. And then they play again on Sunday. So I think he's a hold. Trey Man and Darius Baisley are both both questionable. Baisley's missed five straight. Mann has missed three straight. We don't know their status for Monday, but they're obviously only deeper league fantasy players. While Isaiah Joe is also on the injury report with knee soreness, but he's a long way out of the major part of their rotation. The Orlando Magic. Polo Bunkero is out for Monday. Their next game is not until Friday after after Thanksgiving. I'd have to expect that there's a big chance that he returns in that game. Wendell Carter Jr. is on the injury report again, questionable with plantar fascia issues. With Bunkero out and Carter questionable, Mo Bamba is the guy that we're looking at there. Cole Anthony, we're probably looking at best case scenario next week. That'd be the end of November, which is online with his original timetable from that oblique injury. I don't think that Anthony's going to be a 12 team league category guy. He might be a 12 team points league player. But what I do know is that when he does come back, someone's going to miss out. Um, from the Whether it's the starting lineup or the bench, there's going to be a reduction in minutes for guys like Boll, for guys like a KK, you have Ross and Harris. Where do they fit into the mix as well? So that's going to have an impact. Markel Fultz's toe, we're still probably a couple of weeks away. What a disaster this has been. He had a real opportunity to establish himself as the starting point guard. And now he might struggle to get 20 minutes a night you know, up until January, which means it's really hard to hold on to him. Mo Wagner, also, we haven't really seen him at all this season. Honestly, with how bad Mo Bumble was to begin this season, if Mo Wagner was out there, Wagner would have taken that role from him. And he would have played those 10 minutes a night and been the guy that with these situations with Carter and Bunkero, Wagner would have started and been a 12-team league player. I think he's actually a pretty good backup center, but the injury has uh, caused problems there. While he who shall not be named is still dealing with something, I guess. Can't be an ACL injury because that happened uh, over two years ago. So something's wrong. Don't know. Let's make it up. Pancake makeup allergy from all these TV appearances. Breaking out left, right, and center. Obviously, that is that is fake. Don't take that as true. But it's not, it can't be. How is an ACL injury two years later? Two and a half years later? Not quite two and a half. How is it? It's not. Something's not right. Anyway, Philadelphia. This is where some big injury news did hit. We knew that James Harden is out with that foot sprain. He is probably two weeks away from returning. Tyrese Maxey also has a foot issue, foot slash ankle. He's, out, he's got a foot fracture. Three to four weeks. I'd go towards that four-week mark more than the three-week mark, which puts him probably around Christmas time for a return. That means you've got to have De'Anthony Melton, and you've got to have um, Shake Milton. Yeah. Milton's last couple of games have been really good. Just be aware when adding him, though, that he's shooting 67% on twos and 45% on threes in those games, and that's not going to be able to stick. But his usage will be up, and he will get more shot attempts, and he is a 12-team league guy. But the other one today is Joel Embiid, mid-foot sprain. He's out for the next two games. That's a Tuesday, Wednesday, back-to-back. Then they have a Friday-Sunday road trip against Orlando on Friday and Sunday. Um, a mid-foot sprain for Embiid, who's had foot problems in the past, makes me think that two games is very, very optimistic and he probably is going to miss. They play the Friday, Sunday in Orlando, and then they have a back-to-back Sunday, Monday. So out of the next five games, I'd expect Embiid to play maximum two. Realistic scenario, probably one. Now, Montrezl Harrell will probably start. They don't have as much... Flexibility because in other games that Embiid missed, they just started PJ Tucker at centre and put DeAnthony Melton in. But DeAnthony Melton's also starting. What they can do is they can start Harrell at centre, he's bad. They could start Paul Reed at centre, he's okay, but I think he'll struggle as a starting centre. They could start Tucker at centre and start George Nyang, and I reckon, or Danielle House. I think they might go that route. But what I do think will be the case is that it'll be Harrell, Reed, Nyang, House, all of these guys get boosts but no one gets a big enough boost to be a 12-team league must-roster player. The shots are going to have to go somewhere. Yes, Harris, Melton, Milton. Nyang will get more opportunities. Yeah, maybe he becomes a 12-team streamer. Maybe. If they do solidify Harold as a 30-minute night play, which really he's never been able to do, then yes, he would be a 12-team lead player, but I don't really think that's what they will do. I think they will run multiple different guys. Reed Harold Tucker at center. That means Morphin, Yang and House coming off the bench into that rotation. Um, Thibel gets a few extra minutes there as well. So I don't think there's a clear absolute now you might look, I guess the one you would look at is Harold if you wanted to take a flyer and think he plays 30. I'm not really convinced he's going to do that. He did play 29 minutes in a start against the Knicks on the 4th of November, a game that Embiid missed, but the two games prior to that that Embiid missed, he played 14 and 12. So it's far from a guarantee that he plays those big minutes. Just be aware of that. We've also got Jaden Springer, who's out. There might've been an opportunity for Springer to play, but he's dealing with a quad issue. He's also actually not very good at all. And Furkan Korkmaz is dealing with a knee problem. In Phoenix, Cameron Johnson still out with that knee problem. Um, we're still looking at a few more weeks for that. Probably, you know, for probably six to eight weeks, I'd say more for Cam Johnson. Still quite a bit of time. Chris Paul's out. I guess the rest of this week. They there is a chance he could return on the weekend, Saturday against the Jazz, but I think Monday against the Kings or Wednesday against the Bulls next week is probably more likely. That means we just keep rolling. Campaign. Landry Shamet's dealing with concussion issues. He's now missed five straight. He is questionable for Tuesday, but we're never using him in 12 or 14 team leagues. And Jay Crowder is still still out there uh, mourning the crypto crash, and he's unable to play. Um, Yeah. At least it lets me do do this. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Portland. We had an update on this yesterday. Damian Lillard dealing with a calf injury. One to two weeks, they said he'll be reevaluated. I'm going to go with two weeks at this one minimum. That means that you're going to get a boost for Justice Winslow, Shaden Sharp, Anthony Simons, Josh Hart, Jeremy Grant. I don't think Sharp is a 12-team league ad. His value is very limited. He probably doesn't play 30 a night. A lot of other guys can get some extra minutes there, while Gary Payton's still apparently conditioning from that core muscle injury. He would have been an interesting guy to have a look at if he was healthy and Lillard was out, but they might return at the same time. And then you got Keon Johnson, who also would be a deeper league option in those games that Lillard was miss because I think he's not a bad player, but he is also dealing with a hip pointer and he has missed like eight straight games. Well, this will be his eighth straight game. The Kings, apart from the injury to Keegan Murray, which he's playing through, he's still dealing with some back issues. They're clean. No injuries there, which is uh, great news. San Antonio, Romeo Langford, probably coming out of COVID protocol soon. He's missed five straight there. I would expect he's back on Wednesday. Zach Collins were probably two to three weeks away from his leg fracture, while Blake Wesley's um, not coming back until January with that torn MCL. They did rest Yucca Purdle last game, but I don't expect that's a long-term thing. For Toronto, another team that is hit really hard with those injuries. Pascal Siakam, I would expect he's out the rest of this week, but maybe he returns the week after with his groin injury. Precious Achua is still probably three to four weeks away, I'm guessing, with an ankle sprain. And then you've got a bunch of questionable type players. Gary Trent with an illness, Chris Boucher with an illness. That's not a long-term thing. So they, But they do have only two games this week. So if you do want to drop Boucher, I probably wouldn't drop Trent, but I'd consider it. I probably wouldn't do it. But Boucher, I would, because by the time he's back, only two games this week. Yeah, Maybe he's, you know, Monday's fine for next week, but Siakam could return then. And Trent could be there. And Porter could be there. And Banton could be there. And that limits that big upside that Boucher had in those last few games. Thad Young also continues to benefit with these players out, but it does appear that it is short-term. Otto Porter with a toe injury, whether he returns or not, he's not really a 12-team league guy. Banton had that one game and then we're not really going to get to see much more from him. And Justin Champagne, dealing with a back problem, not that he was playing either. For the Utah Jazz, Mike Conley, the initial report was at least two weeks, and the Jazz reporter said, no, it's not. He'll miss Monday, then be reevaluated with a poplitea strain in his leg slash knee. So I think we can expect him to miss at least the next three to four games, Mickey. Um, they will probably start tailing Horton Tucker, but we'll get a better idea of that on Monday. Malik Beasley gets a bump, and Colin Sexton might get a bump, but he also might not. But I think um, Horton Tucker Beasley... And Sexton are all worth having in 12-team leagues to see what happens. Rudy Gay probably out the next couple of weeks with that hand sprain. They're giving Simone Fontecchio his bench minutes, and then lastly we go to the Washington Wizards. Bradley Beal left the last game in the last minute with a quad issue. He got need in the quad. We'll see whether that causes any problems. They don't play till Wednesday. I expect that he will be fine. Monty Morris is dealing with ankle soreness. Monty had to leave the last game. He also has not hit 30 minutes since the 7th of November. And he is not a 12-team league player. You can go ahead and drop him in those formats. Rihachimura dealt with an ankle problem. He missed Sunday's game. He's a points league streamer only. With him out, you got more opportunities for guys like Kispert and Denny Avdia. Kispert with Morris or Hachimura out is probably a 12-team streamable guy. Or De'Lon writes Wright's a few weeks away. Don't be shocked if we hit January and De'Lon's back and he's the starting point guard over Monty Morris because I think we can argue that he's maybe better than him. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Audison. If you're on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.